We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 156 of the Beyond 90 podcast. We're up late on a Tuesday night to bring this the last episode before the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand actually begins. So by the time you listen to this, it might be match day minus one, or it even might be game day, the day when New Zealand play Norway and Australia play Ireland. So exciting times for everyone. And I've got a couple of excited people certainly with me. So of course, uh, it's a trio once again, Magella Card in Queensland, at least for now, before she gets on a flight and Cheryl Downs, who I think is in Victoria. Are you coming up to Sydney as well, Cheryl? I am. And I think Madge is already stressing me out because I said, oh yeah, my flight's at two o'clock on Thursday, landing about 3.30. That is an adventurous flight decision, Madge. (laughs) Yeah, it is Qantas, not not Jetstar. I'm hoping that that gives me a little bit more luck, but yeah, so hopefully... Hoping not to miss the game because of any calamities at an yes. airport. So yes. fingers crossed, please, everyone that yeah. listens to the podcast. Now, now I'm stressing out because it seems to be a beer 90 thing. You've got Cheryl flying in, you've got Magic flying in, and you've got Dale flying in from Greece <laughs> on game day. So and He, he um, wins for distance. Yes, it is. Yes, it will, we'll all be there. Uh, goodness knows however, how jet lag will or tired we'll all be, but... Good to know we'll all be here there at Sydney Olympic Park on Thursday, as well as many other Beyond 90 contributors contributors and friends of Beyond 90. Let's crack I, on I with I have it. to say, oh, sorry, I was going to say, I feel more stressed about my flight coming back to Melbourne the next day, which is, I don't know, leaving at 8.30 Ooh. or something in Sydney, yes. and then we've got a 12 o'clock game. So, I mean, it's, yes. it's hard. You want to go to so many matches, but, yep. yeah, we'll just have to breathe deeply. Yep. <laughs> That's my that's my target strategy. Breathe deeply. Yep, that's also the title of the podcast. I think we are we good with that. There we go. Yes, yes done. We got it for once. We got we got it in the intro. One hundred fifty six episodes in, we finally decided a title efficiently. It's going well. Let's hope the World Cup goes as well for us. So uh, this week's feature, Matilda, cap one hundred and fifty six, Renee Rollison as we work through the cohort of Matildas who made their debut in 2007 against Hong Kong. Renee, one of those. Eight appearances, four goals, pretty decent ratio. Uh, her most recent appearance was in 2012, and Renee Rolson was a midfielder, uh, also a member of the Matilda squad that won the 2008 AFF Championship. So uh, her domestic history... Um, uh, firstly, one season in the old WNSL or ANSET Summer Series with the New South Wales Sapphires, then a couple of seasons with Central Coast Mariners. Of course, they're rejoining the competition soon. Six seasons with Sydney FC. Uh, Renee, just short of the dub century um, on 98 appearances. Oh, oh sorry, my sorry. No apologies. Um, it's 98 National League appearances, but that includes um, WNSL. But, you know, 89 dub appearances is pretty good. And um, I don't remember her until kind of her lady is when she became a central defender. Um, she's absolute legend for NPL New South Wales side, MacArthur Rams, and brilliant on the futsal court for Campbelltown City Quake. But that midfielder background was still there because I remember a couple of times in 
the MacArthur Rams 2018 championship winning season. They were behind in finals games, so they just chucked her into the number 10 role. And I think it happened twice in the final series. She set up a goal that would take a game to extra time and they would end up winning their game. And that includes the 2018 NPL New South Wales grand final. So Renee, I think, retired from playing only at the end of... I think after 2021, pretty recently. So I uh, hope wherever she is, uh, she's doing well and uh, contributing to uh, life in whatever way she sees fit. Uh, let's uh, not waste any time. Matilda's one, France nil. I think it was in Melbourne. So we have to start with Cheryl. You were there. I was there. It was, it was kind of a great atmosphere, but for a sellout, it's interesting to see so many seats still in the stand. Mm. I will go out on a limb and say that Marvel Stadium is not the best stadium for football, mm-hmm. but it was great to be able to have heaps of people being able to go to the game. And it felt like there was a lot of maybe uh, call them newbies or, or people that you don't mm-hmm. necessarily see at the games as mm-hmm. much, not like you see every single person, mm-hmm. but just some of the dialogue that you could hear around you was quite uh, quite new mm-hmm. and that's I think that's inspiring because it means that the Matildas are hitting a whole bunch of different people so the more it grows the better the game will be more exciting matches to go to I haven't yet watched the broadcast because I kind of want to sit down and just watch the broadcast see the whole game again but also hear what they were saying about different things that were happening because you have different perspective I brought my binoculars. There's my hot tip for anyone. If you're in the bleachers, take your binoculars, double check that FIFA allow you to. I'm sure they do. So you can watch the game. You know, maybe it gives you a couple more insights. Sometimes you can zoom into people's faces. Sometimes it's when there's injuries. But yeah, overall, it was a a wonderful atmosphere. I was really surprised that the Matildas sort of stuck around at the end and were signing autographs. It was already such a long day. I thought Mm. they would have headed off, but yeah, amazing. Great result for us. It it wasn't absolutely a conclusive effort around, you know, everything going our way, but it was a good result. The balance between the, the value of playing a lead up match and making sure that we're, running the right way and playing the right game and we've got our touch and we've got our feeling versus the risk and the eventuality of a couple of players getting maybe some nickels. I think is that's that balance is hard to maybe swallow sometimes, but yeah, overall, thank you to the 50 odd thousand people who were at the game. Brilliant. Do it again in Sydney in a couple of days and it'll be huge. Match that you got anything else to add? Yeah, I mean, I I think what was, and a lot of the players talked about it in the lead up to the game. I more than anything, I think it was that getting them used to playing in front of a mm. big crowd with a big home expectation. Uh, it was yeah a, a great trial run for what sort of atmosphere and lead up they can expect to uh to, you know to to the game on Thursday. So they I guess passed with flying colours in that respect, and and I think yeah watching the game back. Uh, it felt like sort of in the first half, uh, there were a few sort of passes and cutbacks. But like they, they were making a lot of chances, but they just weren't finding that final ball. Or um, you know, the defense were just getting getting back and and blocking. And the, yeah, the game seemed to ebb and flow a little bit. It was a little bit feisty at times as well, which was um, quite interesting for a friendly. I was expecting them, everyone, to be a little bit more chill than they were. Um, but I guess that that made for interesting. And fun viewing. 
Uh, but yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Tamika Yallop is okay after picking up that knock. Um, and I've just got a complete mind blank on the French player. Oh, Yannick um, Carpenter's teammate. Yeah, that which has isn't great help. Uh, was it Guerra? I think. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. No, no. Bat, bat. Um, some. Um, Summer Batcher. Bat Batcher. Yeah. Yes. yes. Sorry. Complete yeah. mind blank. Sorry, people. Um. Yeah. Horrible. And especially right at the death of mm. extra time. Um. That's definitely not what we want to see. Uh, I'm still not sure. I don't believe she's been replaced in the French squad. I haven't seen anything. So yeah. hopefully. Hopefully it is maybe just a soft tissue or something that she can bounce back from. But yeah, I mean, the the goal, what was really lovely to see is that even though we weren't able to, you know, convert those chances early on, was that, you know, once Caitlin Ford and and Sam Kerr were off, that's when we got the goal. Uh, you know, great run down down the wing from Haley Rasso, then you know, cutting the ball back to Mary Fowler in acres of space. I think she, she said that she thought Haley had taken a touch too far, but uh, still managed to get the ball through to her and and buried it clinically. So um, that 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 was great to see, just from a um, a perspective of you know them being able to do it without having those two players on the field at the time. And oh, and then also when Alana Kennedy um, sort of went off late, um, the, the the whole backline changed towards the end of the game. When it was still France were really, really pushing, I, I felt like they they weren't happy about having conceded the goal. And so they were still pushing hard towards the end of the game and for like a completely changed back, back line. Um, it was great to see them still be so re- resolute in defence and not sort of give up a, a cheap late goal, even with a you know, significant change in, in personnel at the end of the game. Oh, very well said from both of you. Now, we'll stick with you, Madge, because um, you were interviewed for an ABC article by Casey Simons. Yes. What you yes. Yes. And we've linked to that in the show notes. And I, I, I encourage that to read it. It doesn't yeah. come up that one of us gets interviewed. But yeah, a lovely piece by uh, ABC about uh, Matilda's active support. Yeah, it was a really lovely, lovely piece from Casey. Sort of um, interviewed a whole bunch of us who are involved with it, with the organising committee. And, she, you know, she really got to the heart of, um, you know, what we're trying to do as a group, uh, you know, how we formed and, and and what we're trying to do for like the fan base, both you know in active support in the stands and also uh, outside of that, you know, providing an opportunity for for fans to get together and and you know, continue to build the community that's been there, but you know just trying to make it bigger and better um, than ever. And like this World Cup, yes. And the media, I've been doing so many interviews. I've done more interviews in the, I think the last week than I've done in my entire life. So everyone is is very very excited about the World Cup. But yes, that was a yeah, particularly lovely article from Casey uh, right in the lead up. Really appreciate that. Yeah, Our very lovely. Superstar. Yes. On, and, on the uh, pod. Brilliant. And um, also um, Claire Taylor, the Jets fan, yes. is my memory. Yep, was also interviewed. Great, great piece. Yeah, Claire and Gabby, who's from from Melbourne, not um, used to be Hart, uh, uh, but just generally Melbourne-based uh, uh, supporter. Good vibe. And um and Teddy Bryant also oh uh, yes of course the Vikings was uh, interviewed as well yep and yeah that's in that and ABC as usual uh doing some great stuff in uh, the build up to the World Cup also um a quote 
uh, I've linked to this article as well. Sam Lewis talking about Matilda's win over France reflecting a much longer journey because you could read the full thing, but uh, in the pod notes, but uh, post-match quote from Tony Gustafsson, uh, we have five wins in a row against European opposition now, four top 10 ranked teams in a row, including three clean sheets against Sweden, England, and France. We've kept a clean sheet in six of the last eight games. We know we can score against anyone. This is a night to celebrate what we've done over two years in terms of investment in the women's game and investment in this team with resources. And I think hitting at that, and of course, Tony's been very big in in front of the media about his support staff, uh, strength and conditioning, uh, working with the load management, communicating with clubs, logistics, all of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's there's a it's a big, broader team around the Matildas that is trying to uh, make uh, green and gold dreams come true and uh, win the World Cup on home soil. So, it's looking good for. It's looking good uh, ahead of the. Oh, careful, careful! Don't touch. <laughs> Make sure you're touching wood. No well, predictions. It's um. Well, remember who I support. So maybe I do want to jinx it. <laughs> so <laughs> cheeky. Yes, and also uh, as a reminder, Matilda's actor support. I've known a lot of them back on them. Such a welcoming uh, group of people. I may I although I may test how welcoming they are on Thursday at Sydney Olympic Park. Well, look, the Irish get together is right across the road from us. Yes, so. it is. <laughs> that. I I just I work way too far away from that. To, that that seems like a party, but I'll join the party in, at um, Homebush. <laughs> so hey, the other thing I was I was kind of just thinking about in my own brain. There were fifty thousand fans watching the game, but yeah. I'm also conscious how many people didn't come to Melbourne because they're either not here yet for the World Cup or they're mm-hmm. heading straight to Sydney and they didn't yeah. want to do a down to down to Melbourne back to Sydney or or anything like that. So. I wonder how many of these people in the stadiums were actually local-ish and then that bodes really well for football in in Melbourne, in Victoria and showcases that we do need to move the game around, obviously for the World Cup that we played all over the place. But yeah, the more fans that we can convert from this very AFL-dominated space, I think the better. Well said. And I think it's um, she, the Irish journalist, Kathleen McNamee, who's um, said she didn't really get that World Cup vibe in Brisbane, where of course Irish, where of course the Irish are based, but she did say, "Well, it's not, it's there aren't too many teams in here." But then um, she's come down to Sydney today, as of the time of recording, and she's felt the vibe straight away. She's seen the French team out and about. So yeah, maybe that I think that aligns with what you said, Cheryl. Yeah, okay. Now um, I don't, yeah, I try to keep it leisurely, but um, in uh, I've put something in the notes I've tagged as must read because uh, Sam Lewis and the team at ABC, they've done it again. You may remember her brilliant article last year on Sam Kerr, which had all these graphics and to really visualize uh, the data and show just um, how you know, why Sam Kerr had become the player that she is today. Well, uh, Sam and the team have done it again. And this time the graphics are about multiple players. It's called Game Changers, the 2023 Women's World Cup players to watch. And yeah, it's... um. It's really involved piece of work. They've um, got their data for one player from every World Cup team. So goodness knows how long that took. Uh, I don't, so just wanted to highlight that one because that's really, really useful, especially if you're perhaps going to a game and watching one of those lesser known countries. It might give you a bit of a head start on uh, understanding what's happening there. Um, yes, I don't know. We don't have to cover everything that I put in the show notes. Tonight. I think it's important to crack on, but... I think maybe, did anyone have any thoughts on the Football Australia releasing the pre-tournament report for the Legacy 23 plan? 
No, the only thing I wanted to call out is something else that's on there, maybe a little bit further down, Belinda Wilson being part of the um, technical study group as well. So I'll put that in the show notes. Um, It's nice to see the longevity of someone like Belinda being in the technical study group. I I think she she was definitely there for 2019. I don't know whether or not she was there for 2015. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to see that. And I I love the content that the technical study group release. And if you're, if you're a fan on on the edge of, you know, dropping into the committed, dedicated, that's the kind of thing that you want to read because there's so much information in it and it's great content. Yeah. And the technical study group, an all-star group in its own right, you got Kirsty Allop and also former raw player, Nadine Angaroo. Have I got that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes, there, there we go. And While she was reigning um, player of the year. Correct. Yes, that's um, so, and uh, uh, others besides. So, yeah, that's LinkedIn. But, yeah, well done to uh, Belinda Wilson, former, another uh, form, person formerly involved with Raw. So that was good. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so we all just want to alert, uh, Beyond 90 World Cup blogs are coming your way. So, Stefan, uh, Nordic and uh, Canberra expert, is going to... Uh, just tell us about uh, his adventures and could be an adventure because I think last time I checked in with him, he has plans, but he's waiting on the results of knockout stage games, which, as I said earlier, sounds like the most stressful thing in the world. So we will see where we'll start with the group stages. He'll be at um, Homebush for Australia versus Ireland, but then we will see how uh, how he goes on because um i he's he's got a trip to Auckland planned at some point but it's like a real whirlwind trip uh hope that that could be the theme of this podcast hope everything goes all well well uh what should else should we highlight oh yes our friends at she place doing their own fantasy world cup competition uh you'll remember their um a league women competitions and the nwsl competition well now they've um they've decided to create one for the world cup itself so they've been sweating on um they've been sweating on the f- release of the final squads just like the rest of us but for all 32 nations and we'd encourage you to join the beyond 90 league the code is simply uh capital b90 b90 makes sense and yes um i need to create my team i still haven't done that yet but this morning uh cheryl and match have you done so sure i have yes mine is called get away from her you bitch does anyone Ooh. know what movie that comes from Let that's, me alien. Know. that's that's alien thank you very much <laughs> That's one of my faves. It's got, yeah. I've got it over there, Austin on DVD, special edition. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Same. So I'm not saying that my team is going to be any good, but I've spent all my money. Yes, uh, I've, I've done mine as well. Uh, look, I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not the biggest tactician when it comes to fantasy league. So who knows? Who knows what my selections are going to add up to? But, but same as Cheryl, I've managed to spend all my money. So whether or not I've spent it in the right places, time will tell let's see what's your team called match i'm the gory gories the guy yeah the gory guys you do love that name uh, yes so, and I, I do realize i do need to go and join a few different leagues i have yes. not done that yep yep so do i i mean i imagine i'll submit my team with um three minutes till the deadline for new zealand norway which is why which is how i usually do these things uh so my team will be called the queen of cork in honor of denise o'sullivan and um yes it will have the maximum three irish players that i'm allotted <laughs> i might not spend the cap because i want to um 
honor some of the more obscure players that have been playing like you know the football news of state comp so yeah that i could i could go under the cap because i it i i just want I, i'm not trying to win i just want to see this as an extension of my fandom and i just want to i i i want to pick my favorites and uh a, the a results team full are, of two hundred thousand dollar players i want to see it eric <laughs> um well Denise O'Sullivan, Katie McCabe, oh, well, and two hundred thousand dollars. Maybe, maybe, maybe spend your money on your three Irish players, and yes. then everyone else two hundred. <laughs> yes, yes. Sound that sounds like a plan for me to have fun, although not necessarily to gain any points. Um, breezing over. Oh, uh, so what else do we have linked? Ah, uh, oh, uh, did anyone want to? Oh, that was a thing that Stefan put in. I think he wanted us to. Uh, yeah, we got a bit short for time. I think we want to keep it brief, but uh, yes, a lot of the women's World Cup players, of course, uh, we love Woso for being um, uh, conscious, or the world of Woso for being conscious about the broader social issues. So I think 44 women's World Cup players have launched what's known as the football's biggest climate campaign, and it's uh, yeah, it's just related to obviously the. It's yes, uh, this is such a great tournament, but it's going to have a large carbon footprint. So uh, it's good to see that these players want to be a part of the solution. A shout out to a Common Goal as well, an organization that does uh, great work in uh, this space, in the social awareness space. Also, um, I don't want to talk about this incident because I'll just say something dumb. But yes, I'm sure you've all heard about the abandoned game between Ireland and Colombia. We'll link to that um, an Optus Sport piece and let's move on because I don't. I really do not want to talk about that. Can the only thing I want to say it? is is such chill responses from all of the fan groups in my most sarcastic tone. Mm-hmm. But interesting, interesting. Yes. Oh, actually, I will say this one thing. I won't name a particular individual, but it had reminded me that some people sh- some people could do with a lot less uh, mimicking of traditional forms of toxic masculinity when they... Well, just in general, and I'll leave it at that. I do not want to name a particular individual because I don't think they deserve it. So, um, dub news and signings, of course. Um, Alex Aparkas, uh, he's still the coach, right? I'm making yep. a fool of myself. Yeah, he's still. Oh, yeah, because well, this... saying yes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because um, I, 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 this is a very Alex Aparkas thing to do, which is um, start preparing your squad uh, months and months uh, before um, you know, the first round of the season. So. Really, as we continue to move away from what the really uh, veteran Dove fans would know, which is um, finding out your team squad in round one when you see the team sheet. Now, uh, good to see this preparation is getting better and better. Perf Glory have announced uh, six players as of the time of recording. Tash Rigby is back as captain. So is Hannah Larry, Sophia Sakalis, Sarah Kane, Sadie Lawrence, and Izzy Folletta. So they've got a good start there in Perth as um, the glory try to make it back to the finals. The bigger dub news, I suppose, or at least uh, one that affects just the whole Just on that as well, Eric, we, we do already have on the Beyond 90 website, you can have a look under ALW in the headings or the menu, and you can see that there are there's already a listing for season 16 squads. So there are a couple of other players for other teams that have already been announced. So mm-hmm. we'll keep those up to date. Seems to be something that people like to see. We'll try and keep it up to date. The page can be a bit flaky sometimes. It's mm-hmm. not a fast page, so we might have to reinvent it oh, a yes, little bit. That, but yeah, yes, it is that you're right. It is. Um, yeah, that's that's something we can think about after the after we've rested. Yeah, it's been a bit, little World bit Cup. busy with the World yeah, Cup, yes, but anyway, on to on to the um yeah season announcement. Yep. Yes. By the way, just to clarify my earlier silliness, yes, Alex Park is still 
the coach of um, Perth Glory. I've just checked an article. Um, domestic match calendar. How about that? Um, so now we know when the season's going to commence. Uh, uh, APL have announced starts on the weekend of Friday 13th to Sunday 15th of October. Nice and early start. And twenty and the grand final to be contested in May 2024 as part of a, I presume as part of a festival of football over which lots of people have lots of thoughts. Um, 22 game regular season and FIFA international windows will be observed. So yeah, that's good. Now um, that's more um, actual planning ahead of time, even if the ending of this season is uh, well, in terms of its location is uh, well, yeah, well, I mean, the thing I'm most excited about is, of course, we, we've finally got that full home and away yeah. season. So that's that's really exciting. And then, when, of course, when um, having Central Coast come in as well, that'll yes. be fabulous to see. So um, more spots, uh, more games and parity, like, I guess, uh, yeah. around who's, how many times we all play each other. Uh, I think it'll be uh, yeah, much better for the competition as well, leading into, um, you know, a fairly assuming what you know we're sticking with four teams in a final so that that's great yep. to see so absolutely progress being made uh i mean we could harp back to the conversation we had from the pfa uh, article yeah. uh maybe a pot or so ago that you know there are some teething problems perhaps yeah you know, with with the growth of the league as as you know the we get to that level of professionalism that we want to see but i guess this is one step on that journey uh and you know and hopefully uh, clubs and and leagues can uh, invest behind the scenes to smooth out some of those teething problems. Gerald, did you want to say something? Nope, all good. Oh, good, yeah. So glad Madge men- mentioned Central Coast Mariners. I did like, of course, in the graphic that we've, I think we put in this article, Annalise Rasmussen, the first or one of the first two players central coast mariners have signed ahead of their return to the competition and uh i hope that her, her nickname ends up being the razzler i'll try and get that going and she scored an absolute bomb on the weekend in league one women's for central coast mariners i love to see that would have loved it more if it was if it wasn't against my beloved hills united but you can't have everything and i hope i i boy yeah i, I tweeted i want to start this Annalise rasmussen bandwagon early because i think i did wonder um why she had been chosen as the first um, signing. I then saw her for five minutes in a trial game in earlier this year. And I thought, and I understood immediately why they'd given her a contract. So uh, loves running with the ball, has a great long range shot, as I've just said. So that would be very exciting. And I really am interested to see what Emily Husband and Jake Stevenson come up with up on the coast and a venue that's not too far away from where I live. So good for me personally. Uh, We're going, oh, state football firstly. Um, I think I'll just, Stefan always lovingly uh, putting in the capital football notes. So um, ANU, oh, big win for the bottom side, Targaronong United defeating a Australian National University or ANU four goals to one away from home. The standard Canberra Croatia victory, 3-0 over West Canberra Wanderers and Canberra Olympics squeaking past Gungahlin United by a goal to nil. That'll be the goal. Oh, that's already out. Stefan, Stefan will has, uh, we published that. Thanks so much for doing that, Cheryl. And so you can read Stefan's detailed write-up of Olympic versus Gungahlin and uh, Canberra United Academy versus Belconnen United postponed due to player involvement in the NTC, which is um, going on in Victoria right now. 
Uh, Madge, I should have asked you this before recording, but I never planned, as you know. Have you watched any Queensland football? I haven't, but I've just gone to actually look at the results and because yeah. I've just been so busy this weekend preparing yes. around, around the World Cup. And I actually saw there's been a big, like, well, it's not too much of a shock, but Penn Power defeated Queensland Lions 4-3. So Ooh, I'm going to find some time to go and look at the um, highlights of that because that looks like an absolute doozy. So um, Lions still comfortably on, on top of the, the ladder. Um, everywhere else um, over the weekend um, was pretty convincing. Gold Coast defeated South 6-0. Eastern Suburbs defeated uh, Sunshine Coast 4-0 and Mitchelton defeated Capalaba um, 5-0. So and then and then the QAS got a, a 1-0 win over Brisbane Olympic. So interesting round. Yep. Fair. I mean, it is, as we all know, it's uh, it's not often that Lions drop points. So no. well done for Penn. Well done to Penn Power. Uh Cheryl, I'm gonna ask you the similar question with relate as it relates to Victoria. It's okay. I haven't seen any details, yeah. but I'll watch the highlights coming up soon. So just key things, I suppose. Burundara Eagles had a 4-1 victory over Southern United. So that was top V bottom. So not an unexpected result, but puts Burundara up a couple of points on Boleen. And then the other big result that I would call out, I Caldy United had a 6-0 victory over Heidelberg United. Oh, that's um, a surprise. (laughs) Yeah, I think it is. I think Heidelberg have been on a a bad little rap at the moment, but I want to give a big shout out and maybe jump into an early Queens of the Week and call out Heidelberg United. But I'll I'll tell the rest of that story later. Sure. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so hinting in that, I think I may have just gone a little bit quicker than I wanted, but I just... I just I want to go back to the pod notes before we do Queen of the Week. Um, uh, was this you, Cheryl, who put in uh, the Guardian article about this title gaps in the record reveal the winding road of women's football in Australia? Obviously, I'll just brief summary. It's about uh, Heather Reed's um, long search to find a comprehensive list of Matilda's captains and what uh, written by the brilliant Kieran Pender. And he does say in the intro, you'd think this would be easy and it obviously clearly wasn't. So as... I think we've discussed this recently, just um, how the women's football storytelling is, um, it's lacking to say the least. And as people try and uh, write this um, imbalance between women's football or between women's sport and men's sport, it's um, they do go on some very long journeys, but it's great to see committed people like Heather Reed making sure that the stories are told properly. And also I think in relation to Legacy 23, which I mentioned earlier it's like it's just good to see the matildas um <clears throat> while while they're obviously busy um also calling on fifa and the a-leagues to further support women's football and to make sure that this event isn't just a sugar hit so to speak that we actually do have a lasting legacy uh for women's football in this country and that is at all levels i don't know what's happening in your neck of the woods but i know um the office of sport in new south wales there's some special funding and uh, clubs could apply basically to um, uh, receive funding to improve uh, to improve the gender equity in their grassroots facilities. I don't know. Hopefully, um, things are hap- things are happening in uh, like that in other states as well. Uh, uh, yeah. Shout out to Heather Reed as well, yes. and you may as well put her down as a Queen of the Week. Sure. I know that when she was gathering the information for that article initially, it was more around trying to identify all of the team managers so that uh. team managers across time would get some recognition and respect or whatever it might be from football Australia. And 
it, the amazing person that she is, she's gone into more detail and captured that information about captains. Yes. And I think that is, that is something that we need to keep. Yes. And yeah, it's yes. someone needs to digitize it more than what it is potentially. I'm not too sure, but yeah, it's a, it's an amazing piece of reference. Yeah, it is. Well done to you, Heather, continuing uh, to do brilliant stuff for Australian women's football. Um, so yeah, I'm adding that to uh, the Queen of the Week notes as we speak. Well done, Heather. Uh, Madge, uh, you also, uh, who was your selection for this week? We love it. Oh, look, this came out today. I think yeah. it happened uh, last week in, in the lead up to the France game. But Kathy Freeman just making, uh, dropping in to give the Matildas some advice uh, in, in the lead up to such a huge home World Cup. My... and immediate reaction was there must be no better mentor in Australian sport to be able to talk to the Matildas about how to handle the weight of a nation's expectations mm -hmm. on your shoulders than Kathy Freeman. It sounded like it was and, and the way that they they brought her in as well as just sounded amazing. Um, Ivy Lewick was talking about it in in the little clip that we've we've posted mm -hmm. there. Um, they just thought it was going to be a normal training session. Ah. Got got to got to got to look at like the um the inspirational video of of Kathy's run at the Sydney two thousand uh, Olympics and then they the lights come up they turn around and there she is in the room uh just yeah so just wonderful work from um again that yeah the the staff behind the scenes as well to organise that because I think I um she also mentioned that previously so many uh players had referred to Kathy as being you know one of their sporting heroes and icons so they've always obviously taken and taken that and run with that and you know reached out to Kathy uh and she you know just being a legend she is uh imparting some of her um wise words I'm sure to the team I I know it's all about Kathy Freeman but don't you just love listening to Ivy as well just <laughs> just yeah just wonderful player wonderful person and I yeah you could listen to her forever yeah. And so Dale, who um well, has done a great job keeping in touch with us while I'm having the time of his life in Greece. He had a shout out, uh, you know, uh switching over to men's football and shouting out uh uh Delhi Ali. Um he had an interview with Gary Neville, which was hugely brave and harrowing, um, speaking about addiction and the mental health troubles that can come with being a professional footballer. So this is I think we've something we've spoken about a couple of times, the mental health side of the game. And I think it's something uh people need to be more open about it and more forgiving of such things. So well done to Delhi Ali for um doing his own bit to uh, break down the taboo around mental health issues, especially as they relate to elite sport. Uh, Cheryl, you've already got, um, you've I've said one more. queen of the week. You've got more. I yes, I definitely have more. So I, I've given a shout out to Kelly Lemon, who <laughs> has been part of the Beyond 90 gang. She's hanging up her camera after providing so much high quality content for us. We wish Kelly all the very best and we thank her so much for the work that she's done. So big shout out to Kelly. Another uh, queen or queens of the week for me, going back to Heidelberg United, I was fortunate enough to go to the Canada's opening open training session at, at Heidelberg United on Monday. Uh, and a big shout out to Helen Tarikos for her management of everything. There is not a, an ant that walks through that that ground at Heidelberg United that 
Helen doesn't know that aunt's name and what they want to eat and, you know, what time, that, anything that they need. She is over and above everything that you would need from someone. So, and I think she's been doing a fantastic job looking after the Canadian football team as well. So it's great to go out and watch them in their open training. They're just having fun. It was kind of one of those training sessions that you couldn't watch it and say, oh, I, I know exactly their tactics it was because it was open training. It was just for everyone to come and have yeah. a bit of a look, but shout out to the Canadian team for signing some autographs for people. There was a, a beautiful um, welcome to country at the very, very start of all of it. So I enjoyed that as well. Um, yeah. Shout out to all the Heidelberg players for showcasing their ground, which looks absolutely beautiful. The turf just looks amazing. Well done. Hopefully, um, well, although well done to Heidelberg, although let's hope they didn't do too good a job getting Canada ready for the World Cup, but it's another. But um, well done to Heidelberg and Helen nonetheless. Um, oh, yeah, it's my turn. Yes, it's late. So, yeah, briefly run uh, through this. So, Emma Ilioski is launching a campaign to improve the availability availability of women specific kit for women footballers we've talked about this is a topic that's come up um recently you've got Eda sports and their women specific boots uh the wonderful work of helen ritchie and even and even playing field down in canberra and now emma ilioski uh talking about her experiences and you know recent experiences as an elite footballer in wearing kit designed for men and you know just wanting the uh to redress the issue that i think affects a lot of uh women's sport in terms of the kit not fitting them. So uh, all the best to Emma. Um, then a couple of big signing news, ticket news, Tegan Micah. Um, well done. Uh, very close to the heart of Bjornani and friends of Bjornani being both a college Matilda and a player who's played in the Nordic leagues. And now she's going to be another Aussie in the WSL because she signed for Liverpool. And the one that came out today, uh, Sarah Hunter is uh, making the switch to France and playing for Paris FC. So well done to Sarah. And it, uh, after coming across, um, after having some pretty awful injury issues a, a few years ago, she's come back from that. She starred for Sydney FC and the young Matildas. And now she will show the French what she can do. And I think she's got from everything I've heard, uh, the way people speak about Sarah's temperament, she's going to do great over there. And then this is the final one. I really wanted to shout out four individuals who used to write for us. So I've just decided to speak on behalf of the whole of Beyond 90, if that's okay. I was thinking about the World Cup four years ago and the journey that um, Le former Beyond 90 writers, Liana Baratti, Marissa Lordanik, Angela Christian Wilkes, and Sam Lewis have undergone since then. Liana Baratti, now the digital content lead for women's football at Football Australia, Marissa Lordanik working for ESPN, Sam Lewis, as we said many times, doing great work for the ABC, and Angela Christian Wilkes working her way through a PhD. And it's so, I tried, I, I'm not smart enough to understand what Angela Christian Wilkes really does, but it sounds brilliant as she, um, you know, uh, really shows her passion and her intelligence as well. And of course, Angela doing great stuff at Melbourne Uni Soccer Club as well. So we wish those for all the best. We're grateful for the stuff they did for us. And we love uh, seeing the work that the four of them do. Now, uh, do either of you have anything else to add before I wrap it up? Just a quick shout out to Cameron Osterlund. Thank you very much oh, yes. for your wishes about me not falling over and hurting myself. The backstory for that is that 2019 on the very first game day, Australia v Italy, I may have fallen down a, a little ditch about this big for reference. If you're not watching the video, 
like five, 10 centimetres, fell down, hurt my leg so badly that I was taken away in an ambulance to a hospital, did not see that opening match and had a pretty black leg for the rest of the entire tournament. So um, good shout out, Cameron. I will be very careful getting from the airport to the game. Um, I don't want to wish that on anyone. It makes getting around a, a new country with a big bag pretty heavy and hard. Yes. Um, does Dale have a similar story of getting injured at a World Cup? Oh, does he? Um, we can we can cover that for future. I, that, there's there's a Dale story, but um, that's that's our task for later. Um, so, Madge, did you have anything else to add? Nope. I'm just jumping out of my skin and ready to go. Yes, so am I. And I'm hoping to see as many people as possible during uh, this World Cup. So I suppose on behalf of Bajelicard and Cheryl Downs, this is Eric Subihano signing off for episode 156, wishing you a life full of good vibes, great coffee, sick tattoos, razzlers, and we really sincerely hope you enjoy this Women's World Cup to the fullest because it's really going to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. See you next time. (laughs) 